This is The Verse, a weekly dive into the cinematic universes and beyond. We'll dissect the latest episodes, films, and news all fans from veterans to news are dying to know more about. Now, here's our team of pop culture superheroes we call The Verse Squad. Welcome to The Verse. Welcome back to The Verse, the podcast that has more Force-sensitive users than Kumail Nanjiani. For this episode, we're heading into an appointment with the doctor. No, sorry, Whovians, not the doctor. We have an appointment with Dr. Bridget Brogan, BS, as we head back into the Star Wars universe to discuss Rogue One. And the timing couldn't be more perfect, as we also have the premiere episodes of the new Disney Plus series, Obi-Wan, to explore. But before we do, let's meet the team. I'm Norm. I'm Lucas. And I'm Bridget. Uh, did somebody call a doctor? Uh, let's get right into that blind spot. I want to fit 18 holes in today. Whoa, whoa, okay, hold on, hold on. Let's not get ahead of things. I mean, there is still Cinematic Universe news to cover. Ahem. Um, and I'm Emilia, and this is The Verse News, where we bring you the latest in TV, film, pop culture, and superhero news from across the Cinematic Universes and beyond. So let's see what the Verse Squad has come up with this week. Am I the only one who's curious of how Bridget's short game is? I don't know what that is. That's if she can putt, <laughs> essentially. Not as short as my patience for this new Indiana Jones film. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't respond to my tweet, by the way, about the image. Um. Yes, uh, and that's only because, Lucas, I had deleted Twitter until yesterday. <laughs> Weirdly Congratulations. enough. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I did it for my mental health. Just saying. Oh, I get it. Oh, totally get it. Especially after the last couple of weeks we've had. Jeez. Yes. So is Scoop Brogan about to jump on the beat here? Cue my little fanfare music. This is my Scoop. Scoop Brogan on Indiana Jones 5. Uh, Disney released a first look poster online the other day about Indiana Jones 5 directed by the one and only James Mangold, and it says we are going to get the film next year in 2023, and Harrison Ford will obviously be returning as Indiana Jones. So the picture is just, like, it's, it's not, I don't even want to call it a poster, because a poster usually has the yeah. title writing. It's, I don't even know if it's a real picture. It I could be say, drawing. Can, can we call this a first look? That's not even close it's, to no, a it's first It's pretty look. dark. Yeah. It's pretty dark. It's so wet. I want to laugh because I feel like Thor Rag, not Thor Ragnarok, geez, Thor Love and Thunder, we got like a two and a half minute trailer and that was like their quote unquote first look. And we got way over so much information on that for that being just a first look, like scissor reel. We have this photo. I'm looking at it right now. And it's just like, it's a pretty dark photo. It's black and it's just like a shining little light shining down what could be in like a temple on what could be Harrison Ford as Indiana Jones, on some sort of potential bridge, maybe. Uh, and he's just standing there with his head down, with a flashlight, maybe on an adventure, maybe. We, I have no, we have maybe no he like, lost is, his keys. We don't yeah, know. He, we don't know. We don't know what's going on. Uh, just we trying don't know to find anything. the breaker we box. We have no <laughs> idea, like what We've time period this is set in. We don't know any of the plot we don't know anything um all i know is that it's taken so many stopping points to keep filming this between injuries deaths on the set like i don't know 
You know, it's, I'm just happy to know that it's confirmed that it's still going to come out next year. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> I guess. Maybe what we 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 tried manifesting earlier when we were talking about this, maybe he's replacing, bringing back one of those items and putting it back in the temple. He's trying to sneak in in the dark so nobody <laughs> notices. Can I be totally, like... It would be such a good series to like if that was a series of him returning all the goods that he's stolen like over all these years. Like, a little that would like be I'm so, sorry. Like, per episode, card. I don't like, know. Oh. I, I don't know. It would take a very talented writer to make that entertaining. Yeah. Well, what if yes. they what if they had it so that he was the villain instead? Would that be Ooh, easier to write? Yeah, but like I he's it's it. like starts out like a regular Indiana Jones movie, mm. but then it slowly is revealed that he is the villain. By them yeah. not having Short Round be the star of this new one and Quan Chi Wei coming back, especially after Everything Everywhere All at Once, I'm like already starting this way down on like my expectation level. I, I had like a thought this morning because I was thinking about this because we were talking about, I mean, we've talked about Indiana Jones several times on this podcast before. And I have said that I quite enjoyed Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, which is Indiana Jones number four. And I think yeah. I realized why I, I like it and appreciate it much more than you, other folks out there. And then I realized, and I was very young when I saw it, but I realized, like, there was, like, no degree of separation between the first three films and then when I saw Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Because right. Kingdom of the Crystal Skull came mm-hmm. out, and so my mom was like, we're going to watch the first three, because my mom is a massive Indiana Jones fan. She's like, we're going to watch the first three, then go see this in theaters. So, like, there, it was like, boom, 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 Indiana Jones back to back to back for me so i am very excited i am gonna say i am excited mm-hmm. for indiana jones 5 because now it's been several years since the last film so now we might I as well just like... release six at this point and right. just skip over five <laughs> but do you, know, do you know what i'm saying like i'm now gonna yeah. be able to take this from a critical standpoint yes be like are they gonna do this justice big question mark <laughs> so I don't know. Well, it's, I, this I, I actually would say dovetails it's not into my look, news, but I'm excited. This dovetails into my news because you were saying how, you know, Indiana Jones. You watch them all back to back. Well, there's one film that I maybe watch as much as Indiana Jones, the first one, uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, and the third Star Wars because that was the only one I really owned on VHS as a kid. And that film is Willow. And I don't know if you saw, but there was a trailer for the new Willow TV series. And I remember watching the trailer, but going, if Warwick Davis isn't in this, I'm going to riot. Well, and of course, Warwick Davis is in it. Of course. So it's, yeah, it they looks ha- cool. I was excited for it. Uh, can someone explain what Willow is? Wow. <gasps> Blind spot. Same. Same. <laughs> okay. Yes. We got okay. another one. Here. You got to start with highly underrated, by the way, with this sentence, yeah. Lucas. Well, so I know every line to this movie because I, I guess, also owned it on VHS. I must have recorded it off of HBO or something. So this was <gasps> George Lucas's only other, like, di- did he even direct this one? He did, didn't he? God, now I have to see. So this is George Lucas's other, his fantasy series that has um, Val Kilmer as Han Solo, essentially. He plays Mad Mardigan. And it has Warwick Davis as, like, a, a hobbit, essentially. Hey, Lucas, Ron Howard directed and Ron Howard, that's right. God, you know, this is like peak Howard, too. Wait, is, um, this, like a, is this a Lucas film? Yes, yes, he wrote the script, Wait. and Ron Howard directed, and oh Warwick God. Davis stars, and it is literally so much fun. And I loved this as a kid, because it was like, you know, we didn't have the Lord of the Rings yet, right? Those didn't come out. So it was like one of the only really good 80s fantasy movies that, like, for kids that had a sense of adventure and fun. It was literally George Lucas 
kind of recapturing his fire a little bit, and I was always so sad that they never did a sequel or anything. And it's Val Kilmer's one of his best roles that he's ever had, besides, of course, you know, Batman. Um, <laughs> Ouch! Uh, let's just move past that one real quickly. No, his one of his best since uh, besides Tombstone, I'd say this is one of his my favorite roles that he ever did. So, I'm looking forward to you both watching this soon before the series comes out in November. By the way, so my okay. news was it's going to be coming out this November. Okay, I'm just having like a head exploding moment because I should have known better than this. I've said this a million times. I'm a Disney pin collector. You all know this. And I got yes. a Lucasfilm pin set, and I it was, like, all the Star Wars films and all the Indiana Jones ones, and there was just this, like, rogue, and I thought it was just, like, a rogue accidental <laughs> pin that came in this set, because it said Willow, and I'm like, WTF, yeah. what is Willow? But I've never, like, seen it. Okay, I'm, I'm going to watch, watch it. This one. It yeah, is r- truly it. an underrated uh, fantasy film from the 80s. It really is. I even read the sequel novel when I was a kid, because I was so into this film, and it's not great. But um, I'm, I'm hoping that they, the story they do has nothing to do with the sequel novel. I'm going to tell you, Lucas and Norm, you've really opened my eyes to 80s pop culture. I will. Yes, yeah. That's will our like pleasure. That. Uh, uh, well, I wouldn't say pleasure. I'm sorry. I'm going to apologize. <laughs> I'm going to apologize while saying you're welcome. You're welcome. But I'm Norm, sorry. I actually haven't watched Willow since I was like a kid. So I'm very curious if it's aged well. It's honestly... Um, me a lot of the things wife. from the '80s didn't. <laughs> no, but this, most. I'm gonna go with yeah. most didn't. This this comes close to aging well in terms of visuals. Story wise, there's. I mean, there's still some '80s tropes, but it does piggyback off Tolkien more. Who I I tend to feel yeah. is more progressive than a lot of other um, of his contemporaries. I guess you would say. Now that I think peers. about it, there's everybody's white in it so that might not age that yeah well. that but but like the but there's the, a lot of little people who are cast there's a great cast of uh and and they're cast people. as heroes not as uh, well there is some comedy relief they are heroes yeah. so yeah well it's right. warwick gets to really shine this is like his like his film I do love warwick and and uh the uh actress who played carly morgenthal is also in this um oh like as a kid no, 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 the, the new, the new series. I was like, was she oh, alive in, the new series, in this I movie? I was like, yeah. wow, <laughs> she must be older than I thought and also really young at that time. <laughs> yeah. She would have to be Paul thing. Rudd, like, level of does not age. <laughs> yeah, true. Very true. So, yeah, I'll watch this with you and I'll just quote the whole movie as we're going because everybody loves when I do that when we watch movies <laughs> together. Anyway. Oh. That's Can't Willow. Wait. We'll get. We'll obviously going to revisit it before this the series airs. Um, maybe we'll do a blind spot episode. For, we'll do a double blind spot, double blind. Oh man. Uh, well, um, I I also have a beat to cover. A lot of Fast and Furious news has been coming out lately. I think we missed some of it. Uh, I think I talked about Brie Larson and Jason Momoa joining. That mm-hmm. was like that's old news now. Uh, since then, we have lost Justin Lin as the director, which I think is absolutely tragic. But apparently there were ahem, creative differences with Vin Diesel. So, you know, make of that what you will. <laughs> uh, now we're going to have um, Louis Leterrier, who did The Incredible Hulk and Transporter as the director of Fast X. Uh, and just recently, Rita Moreno was announced as part of the cast she is going to play dom's grandmother wow i this is my next question are is like their new trope just like introducing like like 
older like Hollywood heroes and just like dropping them in his cameos because was it Helen Mirren in the last one? Oh yeah, 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 but, yeah. Didn't, a couple and, ago. Well, and Helen Mirren's like totally into like these franchises. Like she's big into like the MCU as well. That's why she's going to be a part of Thor: Love and Thunder. Shut oh, up! Yeah, That's she, a lie. She loves action. Yeah, she. I think she was on quoted as saying like she'll she's dying to do the Fast X movie because of the action. I love Rita Moreno. Oh my god. Yeah. I know. It's she's amazing. Be awesome. West Side Story. I also oh, have some yeah. connection to so that because my my buddy Jack, his nephew, is playing um, uh, Vin Diesel's son. Really? Ooh. Yeah. Whoa. Wow! Like the little kid. Yeah, he was in Cheaper by the Dozen, the new one, and now he's been cast as Vin Diesel's son. Oh, so they're recasting his son. Well, I guess that makes sense because kids, oh, like, age. Probably, like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, they, they age, have a tendency they, to They age that, quicker Emily, than yeah. movies can be cranked out by the studio system. That's yeah. how it goes, typically. Incredible. Um, so maybe I'll get some behind-the-scenes facts for you, Emily. Yeah, yeah that would be awesome. to share. Fast uh, and- X Facts. Fast facts X facts X facts. I'm I'm really trying to make this work. <laughs> fast discs. Fast facts with an X. Fast go. facts with an X. There we go. There we go. That works. Just the facts, ma'am. I should be hired so, for this marketing team. <laughs> so speaking of of cameos, I guess you want to say in this, um, one of the bo- most Disney has just recently secured the right. To be able to bring in cameos for the most famous person to have cameos in so many films, and that is Stan Lee. Oh, this, oh. I don't know how I feel about so, this. So uh, this is why I, I had to bring it up. Had to bring it up. Um, so Disney worked things out with the Stan Lee estate to be able to bring him back um, for cameos and appearances, and a lot of fans went right away to like. Um, like deep fakes and everything like that. And some Disney executives are like, no, in some of them, we want to be able to have like a picture of someone's grandfather and it'd be Stan Lee or a, Oh, um, well, that'd be, if they do it classy, I'd be right. Okay or, with that. or a, uh, a TV interview with Stan on in the background and stuff like that. They want to be able to still mm-hmm. pay homage to the man uh, who created this amazing universe. They, yeah. And okay. right away, so many fans went right to, Oh, they're going to deep fake Stan. It's going to be horrible. And how dare they desecrate, his 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 memory and that's it uh, doesn't seem like that's going to be the case but you never know going forward and i think disney also is like well you never know technology can get good enough that you can do it and you can do it right but for right now most people are saying it's going to be like oh and they're you know like they're looking through pictures and all of a sudden like so and so's grandfather stanley they're watching an old archival news footage and stanley's being interviewed yeah I mean, listen, if, they, if they're classy with it and they're respectful, then I think that's cool. Um, but what I wanted, I was like, they should deepfake Walt Disney and Stan Lee, and they have to do Celebrity Deathmatch to bring them back. <laughs> so go, if go back to Claymation be, and... Uh... Yeah, exactly. Anyway, is that, I guess that's a zoom over. I think... Emilia's and Bridget's head again. Sorry, showing our '80s age. Uh, it's that was the whatever. '90s though. You guys remember? Sorry, was it '90s? You guys no, was just, Deathmatch? You guys it's remember? fine. Just thinking about this whole thing, I, I like. I'm kind of sus. Like it, right now, it sounds like it's gonna maybe be okay, but I don't know that I trust uh, that it's always gonna be okay. And I, I think that there's like there's some slippery slopes. I th- I think with Feige <laughs> at the helm, it'll be fine. But when he leaves, yeah. He dies. After that, it becomes a question mark. But then again, it doesn't 
isn't that how it always is with any property? Mm-hmm. Once once a head. But then, like, eventually, if they, like, if they can do this with Stan Lee, uh, the, aren't they already thinking about doing this with like other famous dead people? <laughs> oh yeah, it's I'm already in the works. I mean. Well, the thing that was most disappointing to me is how Star Wars or Lucasfilms is like, oh, we're never going to cast new actors in like classic roles, which is in some ways I'm like, hey, that's kind of cool if they're going to really just ditch all the old (laughs) characters and just bring on a lot of new faces and new characters. I'm okay with that. But if it means like always deep faking old characters, that's just like sad to me. Uh, It's just pointless. Yeah. Again, we don't need to have Mark Hamill playing young Luke Skywalker. We have Sebastian Stan and they look exactly the same. And it's like, I got some thoughts about the, about certain CGI characters. Nerd, nerd, nerd fans, any fan of, like, if Sebastian Stan, like, crossed over from Marvel Star Wars, I'm going to go with the acceptance of that would be overwhelmingly positive. So yeah, I, I just think they just Agreed. need to, you know, take a chance and deal with it. Well, I know that it's this quick little ditty, I know that this is going to make Norm crazy and it has to do with Kevin Feige. Um, because last week he revealed that the uh, most watched Marvel series on Disney Plus was indeed... Loki. Loki. Which I won't. I will. I will not nice. understand. People just love Tom Hiddleston. I guess. Yeah, I'm okay. That, with that. that I understand. I'm okay with that. He's wonderful. That. That I understand. It was still a fun series. I enjoyed it. It wasn't my favorite, but it was still a fun series. And listen, we got to have that awesome, like multiple Loki episode, which was worth the entire series for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just think that the love for Loki is just like too powerful. And that is just like a yeah. fan base that I never would want to deal with. Like, you really want to <laughs> piss off a group of Marvel fans? Like, you need to go after the Loki lovers. Like, I'm the, just gonna the Hindle Stoners that's, that's go go. They roll deep. They roll deep. <laughs> yeah, I, I think they that, roll um, deep, wide and wide. They're all across the board. So, just saying. The most the most like watched uh, show isn't always necessarily like the best. Going to be considered the best either. I think it rarely is, personally. There's, there's some movies that I've seen that I love, but I'm like, I'm not going to watch that again. You mean the Fast and Furious franchise? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, those I won't. <laughs> Sorry. Watch I enjoy that franchise. I shouldn't I shouldn't dig at you like that. Rude. Rude. So, do we got any more news? I think that's it. Okay. That was The Verse News. Did somebody call... A doctor. Um, BB, uh, we're covering Obi-Wan first, then the blind spot. Well, then you better talk to my receptionist because there's a charge for missed appointments. Uh, all right, Lucas, can you please give her your kryptonite credit sphere as we start our coverage of Disney Plus's Obi-Wan? 459 verse box. Get out of here. Hey, that's the discount. That's the discount. All right. <laughs> wow. Take, we don't have insurance out in space either, huh? Dang, that's just that hits too close. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, I'm sorry. we got to discuss our dental kidding. plan next. But okay. so, so now it's time to jump into episodes one and two of the much anticipated Disney Plus series Obi Wan. And this first two episodes are kind of. The setup episodes, right? We and we talk about this. Oh, yeah. We have we have to we have to get the pieces back in place to where they are. So there's we're finding out that Obi Wan 
is, of course, on Tatooine, watching over Luke. And that Bail Organa... Through, bin- through binoculars. <laughs> through the binoculars. A um, little creepy, stalkerish, but at the same time... Yeah, he's stalking. It's a, a little odd. At the same time, he's protective just, angel. Sure, but he doesn't like, just swing by for like a glass of blue milk. It's so Anyway, right, so I'm going to stop, because there's a lot for me to say on this episode. <laughs> and, you know, and uh, so anyways, Obi-Wan's on Tatooine watching over Luke. The Bail Organa has Leia back on Alderaan where he's still a senator for the Galactic Empire, which is kind yeah, of the, weird to have a Senate for an empire, right? No, but that's actually what happened in Rome, where the, the Senate wasn't just disbanded. They were there, but they didn't have really any political power. They would like debate things, but it was really the emperor who, who made all the decisions. So this is actually not too crazy. And it is along with Star Wars canon, because in the original Star Wars New Hope, you know, Senator Organa, right? Like, mm-hmm. Or uh, Leia was a senator in that, right? No, a princess. She was just a princess. She was just a princess. But so we also get. Um, if you haven't watched Star Wars Rebels, it might seem surprising because you have these essentially like force trained. Uh, they're not Sith, right? They're no. um, well. Uh, Rebels. They're... They, they are Inquisitors. Are Jedi that turned to the dark side and now hunt their own kind. Not all, but they're not Sith, right? No, they they no. they are no no they are considered Sith. They're just not a considered. Subset of yeah, Sith. they're not considered like they're not master apprentice. They're like force sensitive, yeah. uh, dark side users. Which is funny because you we are under the impression when you watch A New Hope that like there's no Jedi anymore, and then you watch this, and you're like, wow, there's a bunch of force people running around. But I like it. I mean, it makes for way cooler storytelling. Um, Does that mean they're so all? gonna die by the end of the series that's what i'm like they must because we got like 10 years and everybody i just like one one again just shout out to to one whoa can't talk lucas thank you for watching rebels thank you for making sure that we get the mention because the inquisitors are a huge part of that show yeah and i did not realize until watching this first episode that those were inquisitors and as soon as their circular uh, lightsaber mm-hmm. came out. I almost yes. flipped the lid. I was like, "Here we go!" Thank you for incorporating the animated series once again into live action. So this this is actually taking place still during what's considered the Great Jedi Purge, mm-hmm. where Jedi are being hunt Force sensitive Jedi are being hunted by these Force sensitive Dark Side users that the Emperor and Darth Vader have recruited um, to. If it's either hunt the Jedi or die, basically for these. These force users, and Obi Wan's been hold, uh, hiding out on Tatooine for ten years. This is ten years after the events uh, at the end of um, Revenge of the Sith, and the whole plot of getting uh, Obi Wan, who's now become a hermit and a recluse, off of Tatooine. Which Lucas, we've talked about why does always have to be on Tatooine? We get him off pretty quickly. Is that? Yes. Uh, Princess Leia is abducted by Flea and his band of mercenaries. <laughs> to... The Red Hot Chili Peppers. <laughs> I, I, the fact that they didn't call his band of mercenaries the Red Hot Chili Peppers made me so sad. Or even just the Red Hots. Something. something red uh, Hots or something. The yeah. Chili Peps. Whatever. <laughs> just something to get them there. Red Hot Chili People. And then that forces Bale to contact um, Obi-Wan and get him you know, off, off the bench. Yep. Out of retirement. Classic story. We also get Joel Edgerton back as Owen Lars, which is kind of this inspired casting thing where he was cast originally in the the, the prequel series, 
when he was really not that well known, and now it's almost like he's aging more and more to look just like that. <laughs> Uh, as Owen Lars and I really like his addition in this where he's you know his skepticism you can understand why he would be super skeptical of um, uh, of Obi-Wan uh, and it's it's cool like and I'm hoping we get to spend more time with him as the series unfolds yes yeah I, I like Owen a yeah. lot because I felt like he always got uh I like I talked about this in the first blind spot when we watched A New Hope that I felt like it was very unfair that Luke's aunt and uncle just like no development whatsoever, not really cast as good or bad guys, and then just roasted. Get, get roasted, yeah. Boom, left get roasted. Without being a funeral or anything, yeah. Yeah, terrible. Um, I will say, though, that I absolutely loved the opening of this series. So whoever mm. cut that, like, sizzle reel, oh, like, the, I thought the, they the did a fantastic job. Previously death. on Star Wars. So, no, yeah. but... They wrapped up the prequels in like 90 seconds and it was great and they hit on all the high points. And if you've never seen the prequels Mm -hmm. or like don't like remember much, they do. I think I really thought they did a great job of explaining, you know, what went down essentially between Obi-Wan and Anakin. And then also, too, I loved that the opening sequence after they do This Is A Real was they went right when Order 66 was getting executed Mm -hmm. and they have the younglings in the Jedi Temple and you see all these Jedi fighting stormtroopers and it's a massive lightsaber battle and I just thought like it was very action oriented but we we weren't seeing our heroes we were seeing Mm -hmm. just the run of the mill Jedi you know going Yeah and I like that it was just a a clip of it like you didn't you just got a glimpse. A and glimpse, I, yeah. Oftentimes, that's better storytelling to just show a little bit of it, and then you assume a lot. And they, I well, will say that that's sort of how they opened um, Star Wars: The Bad Batch too. And yes. I just like it's a time period that I just like. It's my favorite, and oh, it just it gets me going. There, it's, there's a. It. I have a funny. No, I don't have a funny feeling. I know it's not. A, it's, there's no disturbance in the force. I can I can see ahead on this one. <laughs> Um, we're going to revisit that exact scene of those younglings running away in late, in a later episode because oh. it's highly reminiscent of if anyone's played the uh, Fallen Order. Um, oh, I never played that one. If you've played that video game, you you recognize this particular um, event and what's probably going to happen. So I won't spoil it for anyone since you know I'm I'm. I don't feel like being on this being the spoiler storm today. So, <laughs> um, yeah, the, the, we're definitely coming back to that that scene. Yeah. So then, just to kind of wrap up what happens in the episode, Obi Wan goes out to rescue Leia, which gets him quickly off of Tatooine, which obviously made me happy because you hear me griping all the time how I just don't want to be on Tatooine anymore. Uh, so we do get to explore more of the uh, Star Wars universe, and we're introduced to you know. A lot of Alderaan, we get to see more of that and what's going on with the Senate and Leia's parents a little bit and her growing up, which I did not expect, uh, which was kind of cool to see. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So any other... Oh, we should uh, talk a little bit about kind of the more of the people involved. We got through a a few of the actors, but there's also Benny Safdie. Is it Safdie? Safdie. How do I pronounce his name? It's Benny Safdie. Who plays... um, uh, Jedi essentially um, who has a cool little cameo there I mean it's not really a cameo he's a actor in that episode uh, we also have did you pick up on this who is uh, the different inquisitors Emilia who is playing the fifth brother 
Yes, I actually got a little bit confused because I I didn't recognize him at first. No, because he had so much makeup on. Yeah, exactly. Because he's like supposed to be an alien. Um, all I knew was that he was definitely Asian. And my friend was texting me about this, and they were like, "Did you see Han?" And being in Star Wars, I assumed he meant Han Solo. Oh. <laughs> and I was like, "No, what are you talking about?" And he's like, "He was the fifth brother." And I was like, "What do you mean the fifth brother?" And then I like looked it up, and I'm like, "No, dude, that guy was definitely Asian." <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so there's a lot of good. So this, this is Han Solo. Han Solo, aka Sung Kong. <laughs> He plays Han from the Fast and Furious uh, series. And um, I, yeah, so that was a fun little snafu. Yeah, he got to have, and I'm, I think we're going to get more of him, of his character. Then we also had Rupert Friend, who played the Grand Inquisitor. Um, question for mm-hmm. BB, uh, since you're kind of more, you know. This, this is going to be a Rebels question. In this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a Rebels question. So wait, is that the same character from rebels the inquisitor is there a different because they look, no. look similar no it, okay. it's it is a different character so um because i was confused I, with what happened in the episode <laughs> well what i didn't I, and i'm gonna have to go back and rewatch because i don't remember i remember there being like a multitude of inquisitors but like mm-hmm. this episode of obi-wan should sort of told me that there's a lot more than what rebels yes. initially let on uh. so because there was the f- yes See yeah. this 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 is why you need to play the fallen order because Ooh, okay. this is where all this comes in the fifth brother the seventh sister all of those well that's are part the thing because the, they explored the sister the, especially the one specific sister that was the inquisitor in rebels Moses and Ingram she was in Clone playing Wars Inquisitor Riva yes oh no different one oh no 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 no, no different different Wars. the okay. Clone Wars um yeah so and I thought that there was really only like one or two I thought it was the same. Or like I, like ordeal like with the Sith like there only can be like one master and one apprentice like that whole thing, uh, mm-hmm. but obviously that is not the case. But it is a different character. Long story short, different character. Okay, yeah. I just if you get anything from these conversations is go and watch Rebels because I just I in <laughs> Clone Wars you have to do be, both. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was anticipating the release of this as well as Ahsoka's show coming out, and I was like, I need to like actually know what happened in these storylines because otherwise they're gonna get spoiled for me and i'm so glad i did because i i waited on rebels because i was like i just didn't wasn't feeling it and i binged it all in like one week and it's really great like i think it's one of my favorite star wars properties well, like no joke <clears throat> Rebel, yeah. rebels and clone wars makes the movies the trilogy and the, makes the saga all, makes way better. more sense especially yeah. especially the area be, uh, i'm Clone Wars especially, because that fills in yeah. a lot. That does a lot of heavy lifting between uh, cl- uh, the Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the mm-hmm. Sith. Mm-hmm. What's funny, though, is Rebels takes place after Obi-Wan's show. So it's going to yes. take place maybe 10 years from now, from where we're watching Obi-Wan. Um, so Rebels, you don't necessarily need it. Rebels kind of takes place at the same time as uh, A New Hope. Like, right, like yes, really right close yeah, to it. Yeah, it's like yeah. A New Hope, right yeah. up to it. it uh, it's yeah. like the same time as Rogue One. More yes. or less. Oh, uh, which like, we will yeah. get into shortly. But yeah, yeah, like it's in that era. Yeah, in it's, that it's, era. It, they're all really well within that that time frame. Yes. Anyway, around that time. So, Anyways. Um, but yeah, I I I'm just gonna come out. I liked this episode, even though it was a setup. The, these two episodes, even though they were setup episodes, I really liked it. Um, again, it doesn't help hurt that my absolute favorite character in all of Star Wars is Obi Wan Kenobi. 
Yeah, and in my eyes, he's carrying the show right now, which is fine. I mean, it's his show, so if he wasn't, that would be weird. But, like, he's the most compelling thing for me uh, watching this, and I just like how broken he feels. Like, you, you, he went through some, some stuff. So, and so seeing how just, like, yeah, like, like down and broken he is, 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 is makes you feel for him. Uh, I was saving this for later. Thank you for bringing this up right away. But, like, one of my favorite things about the Internet that happened was somebody pointed out that, Obi-Wan in A New Hope has PTSD mm-hmm. and they started cutting things together while he was giving the story of Anakin to Luke um, and they were cutting uh, footage from the prequels in to, to demonstrate what exactly was going on and it's really moving and I'm, I'm going to throw it up on Twitter. I'm going to throw it up on our Twitter for everyone to watch now that like, you know, Emily is caught up on her blind spots. Now this is not spoilers but um he has PTSD and they show it more in this episode. Mm-hmm. They show his nightmares. They show him, uh, you know, uh, turning him. He turned himself off from the force, which BB, you got to love because a lot of people were mad that Luke did that in. Uh Oh, <laughs> Emily, I close your ears. Earmuffs, earmuffs, earmuffs. Bibi, you know what I'm talking about. Now I'm gonna have to drop yeah, this point. You don't point. have to get into Dang it. Dang it. <laughs> no, but uh, what I'll say though, for from my perspective, yes, I really love Obi Wan in this. I kind of feel like these two episodes could have been one episode. That's my only kind of critique of this. Not only, I have a few more I'll throw out there. But like my critique of this is like this was two episodes that story wise really could have just been sandwiched into one episode. I felt like they were kind of dragging their feet. To be to be uh, perfectly frank, I watched them back to back, and in my brain right now, I have no idea where one ended and the other picked up. Like yeah, it's all I mean, just yeah. like one it, consecutive storyline. I think the the first episode didn't have to be like fifty minutes. Yeah, it, the storytelling felt kind of stretched out to me, because I'm like, all right, let's get on with it. Um, granted, you know, maybe some of that time was spent developing characters that we're going to now see more. So I might be prejudging this a little harshly, but I did think like, wow, how was, how did an hour and a half go by out of my time? And I feel like not much story was told. Um, so that's my critique of it. Uh, the director, by the way, who's uh, Deborah Chow, who's turns out has done a heck of a lot of great TV. Um, so much she directed. Yeah. She's done. Let's see. Let's just click off some of the things she's done. Uh, Iron Fist. <laughs> So oh. <laughs> Jessica Jones, Lost in Space, Better Call Saul, uh, American Gods, uh, Mandalorian. She did two episodes. Um, so she's seasoned. And I think she did a great job visually and kind of with all the actors. And again, the pacing, I don't know if we can really blame her for that because that's the scripts, essentially. Um, uh, but my one critique of her directing was how hard is it to catch a 10 year old running away? Because I have nephews, and, like, I literally have to fake, like, I'm going to get them. Like, I'm coming to get you, and we're playing tag or something. And, like, nobody could catch Leia. Like, is she really that fast? Is it the Force or something? I will say this, because they did put a lot of emphasis on her being able to, like, slide underneath, like, tree branches and sneak into these Yeah, I was expecting crevices. more climbing. I was expecting yeah, more climbing. Yeah, so I think that speed-wise, they were right on her tail and, like, could have probably reached out and just grabbed her. But she did have a couple quick moves that she, like you know, if only they, a kid could get through. I'm gonna blame the director for that a little bit because I was like, it it literally felt like they were doing what I do when you're running after your nephew or niece. You're like, I'm coming to get you, and then she, you're I'm, like just pretending to catch them, but because yeah, it looked like they were running really slowly to come try to grab her. Anyway, well, this is I actually mean, like one of my cr- critiques. I think like because overall, I also 
like the show, but I feel like a little bit middling on it because I love, um, you know, Obi-Wan is great and I agree he is carrying the story. He's definitely the most like developed, interesting character. But then there are like a couple of little things where they're like maybe not giving the same treatment to every other character. Because mm-hmm. even though Kid Leia, like I know they're trying to make a point because like you know who she grows up to be. And so she has to be this really smart, really precocious kid. Um, but they made her like, they like overdid it a little bit where I'm just like, mm-hmm. I get that she's smart, but, uh, and I get that she would have like an incredible vocabulary growing up as the daughter of a senator, but um, it's like a little much. And then you throw in the whole thing about her being able to outrun like multiple fully grown adults all the time. <laughs> it seems a yeah. little hard to believe. Well, it definitely felt like it made her less like vulnerable and interesting, right? Like, it was an odd choice, I think. Like, it, they could, she could have just been a, you know, she's a kid. You can also just yeah, be a kid. but like, she's also a Force-sensitive kid. She doesn't know it yet, but she she's making all the, like, she's diving under branches and whatnot. Although the one guy easily saw that branch coming and ran into it anyways, made, yeah. made for a com- more comedic moment than an actual, oh, no, he's about to get, oh, no. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I personally loved like having leia in this show and I w- it was something i was not expecting whatsoever if i'm being perfectly frank and i just feel yeah, that yeah. like princess leia is such a powerhouse character and carrie fisher's portrayal of her in the original trilogy and then the newer trilogy uh it's just like she's become such an icon in pop culture and such an icon mm-hmm. in the star wars universe that i felt that yeah, they probably needed to go a little extra with her as a child because her character is so forceful and so dominant. Like her opening, one of her opening lines is like when she first meets Luke, like, aren't you a little short to be a stormtrooper? Like she's very sassy, very outspoken. So to me, like that would make sense that they came didn't when she was Leia 10 Im- years I'm old. I'm sorry, didn't Carrie Fisher improvise that line too? Yeah, yeah I think so. totally. Carrie so Fisher is... made Princess Leia. Let's, yeah, George she, Lucas she did it, Carrie Fisher character. did. Yeah. yeah. And that's like, that's such a good point. And I think that's partly why I'm just like, they don't need to do, that's that's almost why I'm like, they don't need to do that much because. Yeah, show not tell. Like I wish that they, like, I know that she's a powerhouse character, but I almost feel like now the expectations are so high. Like the there's so much expected and it's like, this is a person. Like Luke gets to walk around and mess up left and right. Like it's like Hermione and Ron. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, Question though, so in in the New Hope of this is so nerdy Star Star Wars griping. This is what the fans do, and I hate it. But she uh, in the message she delivers to Obi Wan, she's like, "You fought with my father in the Clone Wars, so you're assuming she doesn't really have a relationship with him." Oh, but it turns I'm out they're so hanging out all the time. She was a kid. I'm so glad you brought this up because after we he finds her, like, and he's like, "Like, no, I'm here to help you." And then I was thinking in my head, I was like, "Wait, wait, 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 wait," which that message. I was like, she, she didn't know him. She didn't know who she yeah. was. Oh. You're telling me this 10-year-old doesn't remember that oh, no. this, this encounter with Obi-Wan? That's going to be oh. explained by the end of this as well. You know it. It has to. You, I was going to say, I, I'll, I'll, I'll leave this to the end for theories, but... Okay. 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 Fair enough. But I will say that I absolutely adored their banter between like Obi-Wan and Leia. Yeah. He's like, how old are you? And she and, and he was like, you're my daughter. And she was like, grandfather, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Those little it moments are so cool. Good. And honestly, I'm glad. I like that they're having a relationship. I'm like, that's cool. It's something they could explore. 
and I like yeah. seeing it, but at the same time, I'm like, okay. Although Bale and Obi-Wan aren't that far apart in age, so. Yeah. I know. I just think that, it, I, like, to me, I thought that was so comical. I'm like, Maybe it's like dude. kid vision, you know, like when you're sure. a child and you meet someone who's like 15, you're like, they got to be 30. Sure. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but also, too, and Lucas, you did mention this, is like Obi-Wan is very like beaten down. Like, and we very mm. much know that. Like, when he gets in his first fight, like, he throws a punch, and he immediately goes, ow! Oh. Like, he, like... It's because he hits, uh, um... Uh, I can't remember. One of Darth Maul's Fleet? race. Um, because he had the, the, the... He hit him oh, and hit the, hit the thorn oh. on his head. Oh, the horns. Oh. Yeah, oh, uh, I'm trying to remember... I mean, to be fair, though, he did he did take some pretty hard punches, and he was going down like a ton of bricks. Like he had yeah. to, he had a, he had to outsmart, not outfight. Like yeah, let, he, let, <laughs> he's a Death Marian male, and he had oh, okay. the the um, thorns on his head. So and that he hit and he sense. hit the thorn. Okay, that would that would make more sense. But I mean, like he is not in primo Jedi shape. The last time we saw him, I mean, we saw him do the ultimate no, lightsaber battle his... of his career at the yeah. last time we saw him on screen. So, well, like, he, he he's, peaked. He's, he can't. And he's trying <laughs> not to use his force powers, though, as well. So yeah. he, he'll be, but if it would be just, detected by the Inquisitors. If that's all he needed to do to convince tiny Leia, kid Leia to just not run away for five minutes. Yeah. Couldn't he just, like, pull her into a back alley, just be like, all right, look, see this coin? Whew, like, you you know. You, you just you just worry no, that he had to dramatically they... save her from falling. Yeah. Well, he didn't want to use it unless absolutely necessary because yeah. the inquisitors would have found him. Exactly. exactly. Yes. Which by the way, yes. I don't know if I'm the only one, but like right now the most interesting character to me is uh the third sister who's being played by uh Moses Ingram. I want to know I... her backstory so much. Me too, but I wish that they would not make her so comically evil. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Star well, Wars does have a habit of making like mustache twirling villains. Well, you know, she like, made. I want to know bad. her. They're bad. Well, this is the thing. I want to know her backstory just because the whole her, her whole premise is exposing, finding, and hunting Obi Wan Kenobi. She obviously hates Obi Wan with a passion. Well, so she's got some kind she, of complex. And she made as well. a comment. She made a comment being like, "Oh, this is what he deserves." Sort of jib. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, obviously you had an encounter with Obi Wan, whether he was. I. No, I I have a funny feeling. I have a real funny feeling that um, the third sister is actually really close to Vader, probably in the same way Asajj Ventress was close to oh, Dooku. Good point. Mm-hmm. Good point. I could see that. Well, and, and I, you know what? I, that makes more sense because she was like, towards the end of the second episode, she's like, Anakin's alive. Like Va- that's... Vader lives. She knows. Yeah. Um. Yeah. She saw something, but like. I just feel like she's like this really cool badass character and there's so much potential um but we just got hit with so much like like I think it's fine that she's impulsive and that she goes against the inquisitor's orders and that she's overly ambitious and stuff classic um, sith <laughs> Exactly son of a sith I just felt like she took a little bit too much pleasure in like just, like literally just causing suffering like not even just to drive to her goal Yeah and that has yet to be like explained and that doesn't make it make her yeah, sympathetic they they marvelize this villain sympathetic. but i want her That's to be more interesting i know i think she's gonna get more interesting i think they're gonna grow uh, her character but uh i don't think it's gonna be one of those oh let's find 
redemption in this particular character. I mean, there will I be. I want to understand why she to. does what she does. I, I guess, yeah. And also, too, the fact that the Grand Inquisitor is like, you need to chill out. Like, you're like, yeah, yeah, she's evil. Dang. Yeah, when your and evil boss tells you yeah. to chill out, you should probably chill out. You should probably chill out. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I am definitely intrigued. Also, I need to make a point. We've gotten all the way through talking about Obi-Wan, and we haven't even said his name once. Ewan McGregor. Like, come on. His performance. <laughs> he looks good. I mean, like, in my mind, yeah. Ewan, McGregor, Ewan McGregor is Obi-Wan Kenobi, so it's like the two are interchangeable. He'll he, never not be Obi-Wan for me. So yeah. He looks yeah, really good for great. how weathered they're trying to make him mm-hmm. look. <laughs> they're trying to bridge yeah. that gap of he in six years will look like Alan Guinness or Alec, Sir Alec, Alec. Guinness. Um, I'm going to, like, encourage to grow my hair and beard out again after – Watching this one, yeah, the Kenobeard. We Kenobeard. it down recently. I so, just, but now I'm going to grow back out. The timeline. There's no way, like in the shape that he's currently in, like he's not going to be Alec Guinness in a decade. <laughs> in six like years? it's just not. It's just not going to happen. He looks too and good. No, it's not going to happen. It, it's just so you know. Look, Tatooine has two sons. Which, by the way, it seemed really odd that like it was that dark on Tatooine. I would have a funny feeling it's never ever that dark on Tatooine, but. Anyways, there's two suns. It's a desert planet. It's rough. It's not good for the skin. No. He's got to moisturize. <laughs> I will Sunblock. say, though, I as much as I love his performance, I love his voice. Like, how he enunciates things. His affect. Inflection. His inflection. Inflection. Thank you. As Obi-Wan is so good. I've seen a lot of Ewan's performances because he is my favorite actor, so I've literally seen him in everything he has ever started or been in even if it was a cameo uh and just like his performance as obi-wan he just like fully commits like man i love it it's just so good he just is obi-wan uh yeah i love that he he still sounds so (laughs) refined and like posh and uh like uncle ben from the first movie but Mm -hmm. still but also like weathered beaten down like he's he's a shadow of his former self in this yes. show i think that's very impressive although he is also bringing back some of that sassiness that we get introduced in clone wars ah uh, it's still there one sassiness is the best sassiness i so agree with that <laughs> <laughs> like there's no one that does it better in the star wars universe uh even as sassy as princess leia is obi-wan sass is on another that's a good pair level that's what I'm saying. I was not expecting that duo whatsoever. And now that it happened, I'm like, how have I lived this long without wanting this pairing? I just don't understand. <laughs> and the fact that she's only 10 years old, I feel like, makes it even funnier. Because uh, she is so young. Yeah. Like, when she's picking out the cloak, and then she's, like, trying gloves on. And she, he's like, you don't need gloves. And then she just, like, slides them out anyways. And he's like, yep, oh, I guess we're going to take the gloves, too. Like, she's calling the shots. It's great. I don't want to theorize too much because this is one of those shows that I just kind of want to enjoy it as it comes. But I will say that I was sort of expecting when they're on this, when he's rescuing Leia and they're on this other planet, I was more or less expecting the Martez sisters to show up. They're from they we saw yeah, the them in Clone Wars when we saw them in the beginning of Bad Batch, and that mm-hmm. looked like the planet that they were from. Uh, and then when they went to like that cargo ship garage, I sort of just like. 
expected it to be the Martez sisters. So when they didn't show up, I was like, oh, man, that would have been really cool. Well, they, they uh, were on Coruscant. Was it Coruscant? Yeah. It was just like the lower level. Yeah, they lived in like lower the, levels. the lower levels. Yeah, yeah okay. Like, yeah. I And I just couldn't remember because just visually it looked very similar. I'm not going to lie. Well, yeah. uh, and I was like, oh, that would have been so dope. They're great. Mm. Um, what do we yeah. think of Kumail in this? So funny. I Good loved comic it. comic relief. Yeah, definitely. I thought the, the episode definitely needed some comic relief, and it helped having him. I mean, it's almost like fish in a barrel when you when he shows up. I do wish that they would branch him out into other roles, but like you gotta love him, regardless. Yeah. I, Pretending I was, to be a Jedi was great. Like that was a good plot. Yeah, I, I was really hoping that you know maybe not so him, like maybe I don't know, give him like a third eye or something, something something a- more alien. Hmm. But again, still he's still fun. Oh my god! And I forgot to mention this because I thought about this. Um, oh, you're gonna talk about Tamir? Yes, Tamir Morrison. So, so I was like, we we're gonna have to, we're gonna see him because he, he's a clone. Like he's gonna pop up at some time. And oh, that how was a they, good cameo. And how they fit him into this episode was he was like, it was like a homeless stone stormtrooper, like on the street, being like, with it, literally his helmet was his coin pot, and he was like, you know, spare dime for a, a veteran. And I was yeah. like. Oh my god, that's true. That's totally what would be happening mm-hmm. now. I was right. like, oh, "Oh my god." And he, and he was wearing the blue from Rex's squad, it seemed like. Right? Which is why exactly. I was like I was like that's not right. Okay, if you've seen Rebel like if you've seen Rebels and stuff, well, you know, you, it's you not know Rex, what happens, but, but I was oh, yeah. in but I no, I saw the blue and I was like, "Wait a second. Like they but then I was like, if he was under Commander Rex, who was that team worked immediately with Obi-Wan. I was like, wouldn't yeah, I mean, he well, have recognized Obi-Wan? That was, uh, that was my only yeah. take on that. Well, but... Cody's team, the yellow team worked under Obi-Wan. Uh, blue team worked under Anakin. But, the, you know, Anakin and Obi-Wan were so close to each other, you'd figure there had to be some a chance, right? of re- which I think why when right? Obi-Wan looked down, he was like, oh, I might get outed right here. Yes. That's why we don't have any confirmation that that guy didn't know. Yeah, he could have also, you know, I'm sure I was wondering if that was if that's going to come back to haunt him. Yeah. Yeah. No good deed goes unpunished. And also, too, I'm sorry. I'm just like really like geeking out at this point. So I apologize if I seem a little spastic. But then (laughs) when Obi-Wan also first arrives on this planet, he gets like uh, a drug dealer basically approaches him with spice. And like and I feel like we've been talking about spice so much in the past couple years and it keeps getting brought up. But that was like the first time I felt like they're really acknowledging it. Like, yeah, this is like, like this is basically like heroin, essentially, like selling drugs. Well, on it's the an street opioid. And... We can tell because everybody was all like stoned out of their minds yeah. and just chilling on the ground. And I, and I just like I don't want to say I appreciated the drug mention. That just sounds really horrific. But <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like we finally got it's all about spice runners and you know transport and ships. Like no, like let's get to the real nitty gritty. Why are people? Why do people want and need spice? It's because it's an opioid, and they want to party. Like you can see the the true costs. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. So I really liked that they fit in this episode too. I think I'm done geeking out now. <laughs> but Bridget, I, you bring up a good point. I was like, oh yeah, we've never once seen anybody like huffing spice. Like right? No, we heck? haven't. Like, we haven't seen any anyone no. being like. We That's know spice is important, and it's obviously like a huge money maker. But like, why is it a huge money maker? Just, yeah, when yeah, are we going to get a spice addicted Jedi? <laughs> Yes. Well, so like how in in Attack of the Clones that he talks about death sticks could have been just like, hey, you want to buy some spice? That would have been just as good. Exactly. 
Wait, exactly. are those is that supposed to be like cigarettes? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So I don't know that if super we're gonna like George Lucas. If we're gonna get <laughs> Real like a whole clever. It's a George Orwell thing, I think. Cancer sticks. Cancer sticks, yeah. That's Orwell. Oh god. Yikes. So I don't know if we're gonna get like a whole series just on the spice trade. I don't know, because they keep making it a major plot point of like every piece of Star Wars content in the past few years. So Well we know I don't know. Well we do know Boba Fett's getting another season, so Yeah, we did just learn that. So I really like these first two episodes. I am very excited to see more of this. What I'm anticipating the most is I cannot wait for the Vader Obi Wan mm-hmm. showdown because it's gonna happen at some point in the series, and I will be a puddle when it does. So <laughs> I just cannot wait. Yeah, I'm I'm excited for more. Again, I think my the thing that I'm most excited for, besides seeing more Obi Wan, is getting the third sister's uh, uh, point of view here. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that'll be good. I think that'll be good. Uh, and also. When Hayden Christensen and uh, Hugh McGregor finally are on screen together at the same time, I swear to God, if it's not the Duel of the Fates in the background, I'm walking out. <laughs> well, John Williams is back for this, so. I know, he oh, did write yeah. his own Obi-Wan score, which I thought was very good. I mean, I don't know if Emily or Norm have any hot takes on it, but. Oh, I appreciated that it sounded, like, different enough, honestly, mm-hmm. that it like it felt like its own thing. We'll get to this in Rogue One. Where... <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, but, yeah. But before we do, you know, the, this series, I don't think it's for, uh, it's. I don't think it's a jumping in point for anyone. If you have not seen any Star Wars content, this is not the series for you to be jumping in with, which we've talked about in the past. It's kind of lame. It's kind of bad that you, but this is universe building. This is a much beloved character. Mm-hmm. So it, you've had to have seen at least... Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope. I'm actually curious about that, though, Norm, because one of the things that was great about A New Hope is that you Im- implied so much that then all got filled in. Like, there's no questions left to ask about so many of the characters. and so on. But I'm curious if somebody just jumped in right now, if it would almost be a more fun experience because you'd be like, wait, what's going on? How? And then you realize, oh, everything's got answered. I got to go back and watch 20,000 hours like Emilia. Um, maybe, maybe we should have just held off Emily until now. Oh boy! Oh god! Damn it! This is what's so fun about the blind spots is like you get the perspective. I don't know. I was thinking the same thing because they did, they did do a really good job with the sizzle reel in the beginning, like really setting it up mm-hmm. and explaining what has happened leading up to this point. Do you know Darth Maul did not get cut in half though? In the, yeah, the they didn't show that. Show that. They showed the face. Yeah. So I don't. <laughs> I, like I don't. I don't know. It's hard because like I, I can't. I can't explain. I can't say either way because I'm so yeah, you... knee deep into the Star Wars universe. Like knee deep. Yeah, come on, Bridget. You're you're at least neck deep. Your eyeballs. <laughs> yeah. yeah, at least neck deep. I mean, what do you call that? I have Obi Wan's lightsaber sitting conveniently underneath <laughs> my desk. <laughs> you think that's knee deep? Uh, oh, oh no! Everyone's Nor getting be... their lightsabers now. <laughs> Emily, I feel left out. Uh, Norm's got the cooler lightsaber. He's got the <laughs> more expensive the pr- one. You have the purple one? Uh, I got my own. <laughs> He's got the Mace more expensive Windows? one. Is that Mace's? No, this is this is a custom oh. joint. <laughs> Wait, hang on. Wait, I'm going to put this up to the mic. Wait, let's see if it picks up. <laughs> yeah, mine don't okay. make sounds. <laughs> well, then you everybody makes the sounds where they yeah. have a... Yeah, <laughs> 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 exactly. 
Um, All right. Well, anywho. So I'm the piggyback off of what you guys are saying. I'm excited to watch more, but it's funny because I'm like, like Norm said, I'm more interested in knowing what happens with the third sister. I want to see more Owen and 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 Peru. Like I want to explore the family life of Luke a little bit. I'd like to oh, see yeah. more of the Organas. Like the more they can fill in the peripheral characters and the world, the happier I'll be. And I'm I'm getting a little nervous that they're gonna eject a lot of that for just like Obi-Wan, which is not mm. terrible, but I'd like to see more of that well, exploration. Should should we talk about some theories going forward or we just want to Yes, I think it's time. Well Emily hasn't said what she if she's excited and what she want, is looking forward to. Um no Lucas, I think I agree with you. I'm like I it's funny because I really do like Obi-Wan and I think he's probably my favorite character, but as I've been a little bit lukewarm on like the Star Wars universe so far, <laughs> I'm like a little bit like lukewarm on the rest of this show. Like I think I feel better about it than like Boba Fett, obviously, but <laughs> which we were excited uh, at this stage in Boba Fett, like in episodes one and two. You were excited. Point. I was excited. <laughs> I, not <laughs> me. Um, but I'm, I'm like, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with the peripheral characters. I already know where Obi Wan ends up, but like, I think it's going to be really enjoyable to see him. Um, I mean, I like watching him hang out with Leia. I'd like to see him hang out with Luke, but I don't know if that's going to happen quite yet. Because they know each other by the time. A yeah, new he's hope Uncle happens. Ben. Yeah, he's like he and Owen must make up a little bit. So uh, I want to see that happen. He's got to babysit now and again, right? They got to run out, <laughs> um, to, you know, check the water things, and they, and, you know. And- yeah, exactly. I will say that when Obi Wan was uh, peeping through the binoculars, looking at Luke, like playing starship pilot, you make it sound real dirty. Um, <laughs> That's my job. Okay, I like we didn't we didn't see him first like outside the farm. Like uh, Uncle Owen was like, "Luke, Luke, where are you?" And I really thought Luke was just gonna like pop right up in front of the binoculars oh, yeah. and be like, hey, what, 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 are you doing? Doing? "What are you doing, Uncle Ben? Like, what's going on?" That would have been funny. <laughs> That's what I thought was gonna happen because it seemed like they had a very like casual relationship when we first meet them in a new hope so I yeah don't know. If, mm-hmm. if, if this was abc's tgi family night um then yeah that would have definitely happened but it wasn't it was not so uh, you know um i guess a couple theories and spoilers all in one uh we kind of know where these characters end up at in mm-hmm. um so we can we can we can extrapolate the information we have and know several things one uh I do think Leia is going to get Jedi mind tricked at the end to not remember Obi-Wan because he's going to be like, I need her not to remember me because I have to go back. She's going she's gonna to learn too much about Obi-Wan during this. And he's going to have to do, and it's going to be a sad moment. It's going to be, it's going to be a very sad moment, but also her mom in this, uh, Ms. Organa is not Ms. joy kill. Yeah. She's, she's not surviving. She's, ah, she's okay. dead by the end of this because, She's dead in uh, in A New Hope, and you also find out that Leia was like, yeah, she was. I was young when she died, mm, so. Yeah. Oh, see, I did not remember that. I just thought she lost both of her parents when the planet exploded. Yeah, I thought she said remember her mom, and she was talking about. Uh, she remembers Padme. when she was young. I, I, I remember bits of her. I was young, so. Mm. Oh, I thought she was referring to Padme in the in that one. Yeah, in, I thought she was, too. Whatever. 
Because she's but like, they she would was be like very baby beautiful. Young. That doesn't that doesn't make sense. Yeah. Yeah. See, I thought I, I thought it was referring to Padme, not. They're gonna retcon it to be mother. Norm's thing because they're like, wait, we had him babies. She wouldn't remember. Yeah, no. her mom. Anyway. So, right. so funny feeling. Out. She, yeah, she's she's not surviving. Well, they made her somewhat unlikable, so I'm not surprised. <laughs> That's nice. why I'd like to see nice. get her as a character. Like now, she's just grumpy, you know, grumpy mom. I'd like to explore her character a little more. Yeah, yeah. it's a little unfair. Like she's got this ward, and she's just trying to raise her. And Leia's like, I'm pretty sure I know better, even though I'm ten. <laughs> That's all ten. <laughs> Go to your room. Um, That's yes. Mm. <laughs> so I can see that. <laughs> I gotta wonder, is her vocabulary unusual for a ten year old? I mean, she doesn't have C three PO around to like, you know Wait, talk about you know I th- I thought we did see three PO. She did see She wasn't C-3PO. hanging out with him. Right. Okay. Cause yeah. I know I get it, she's like smart and stuff, but I'm just like, she no longer sounds like a child. It's kinda weird. Yeah. Unless she does. But, I don't but know. But then again, are... then again, she's part Padme and Padme was like that she was how bridget remind me how old she was in uh in, yeah in... but the other part of her is anakin 16 does it and, and anakin she was became a queen at 14 yeah so so she's probably on par there and don't forget anakin yeah. was building and taking apart his own pod racer at the age of six yeah but he sure. also doesn't like Sound sand because right? it's coarse and irritating it gets everywhere <laughs> You know, oh my god, I can't believe they showed the pod race and this is a real. I was like, did we really need the pod race and this is a real? I was so mad. I hate the pod races so much. And then my my final prediction, um, going forward or theory is Darth Vader took in the third sister because he, for some reason, she's gonna remind him of Ahsoka, and that's why she's hell bent on getting Kenobi. So let's get ready to uh, dive into this blind spot. I believe it's the doctor's turn. Um, I think you mean the verse squad blind spot. The doctor's in, baby. Let's do this, squad. So, Amalia, come to the doctor's office. <laughs> Tell us why you're here and what you watched this week. Oh, I've I've got a bad case of having watched Rogue One. Wow. Um and why didn't you watch it before? So I'm going to I'm going to be honest. I did not know that Rogue One was like the start of the Disney movies. Like I didn't realize it was so recent. Um cuz I have like I'm really bad at timelines. Uh so I I thought like the original trilogy came out in the 70s, the prequels came out in the 90s and so I was like, "Oh, okay, Rogue One and Solo a Han story probably came out like in like the 2000s uh, and then it wasn't until the sequels that they were rebooted so I was like really surprised when the movie opened and it was like extremely modern there were there were um, actors that I recognized Mads Mickelson. <laughs> there was Mads Mickelson. so I just like I apparently have been just closing my ears to Star Wars <laughs> stuff for my entire life I mean, that's why we're enjoying this blind spot journey with you, by the way, because the rest of us are up to our eyeballs in, in Star Wars. Okay, so having never seen it before, can you give us a little bit of a synopsis in your words of Rogue One? <laughs> yes, um, 
it's it's uh well it's very obviously a war film i haven't seen a ton of them so i can't give like a perfect comparison as to like which war films it might be inspired by dirty dozen in space is what i call this one (laughs) probably stuff about d-day i don't know um storming the the shores of normandy but um so there's it's it's the wartime and there's the rebels (laughs) and the rebels um are kind of in divided into multiple factions like there's the the fancy rebels <laughs> there's i'm like losing the, the track a little we open with maz mickelson he is uh like some kind of imperial scientist who's retired and they're bringing him back so that he can create more weapons and and he clearly doesn't want that so they forcibly take him they murder his wife his daughter gets away um, and he goes and he uh, presumably is now on the imperial, uh, on the side of the empire. Um, and the story is really about his daughter um, who survives and comes to find out the truth about her father and uh, but, uh, what it means to be a rebel. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that all tracks. Yeah, because I feel like I don't want to keep going because then I'll, you know, spoil everything. Oh, wait, no. Is that the point? That's, yeah. That's the point. Every, everyone's seen this movie Everyone's seen me. this movie except <laughs> oh, yeah. you, remember? We've all seen it. <laughs> um, so she gets wrapped up in a rebel ploy to um, make contact with a man named Saw Gerrera who has information about the Empire's weapons plans or something. Um, and they use her because they have a, a connection from the past. They use her to get a meeting. Um, and then, uh, but, the, but it's too late because the Empire blows everything up. And what we find out is that her father never betrayed the cause. He built a flaw into the Death Star. And so now the mission is to go and get the schematics for the Death Star, to get the plan so they can find the flaw, blow up the Death Star, before it gets used to end the planets. Um, and I can't help but feel like this movie was uh, written just to fill just, this, the, just to fill an oversight from A New Hope. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. It sort of was. <laughs> it seems pretty bold, obviously, to have your plan be, I'm going to create essentially nukes on a bigger scale but build in a flaw so that on the off chance that the rebels are able to exploit it, like you still but, built the nukes. Um, this is this is actually based off of real life history because Oppenheimer and Einstein mm-hmm. both like he- they're both quoted as being heavily thought about just fudging the tests so it wouldn't the um, nuclear the Manhattan Project wouldn't be a thing. They were that close mm-hmm. to doing it, but they realized how much the the nazi stronghold was and what was going on going on over in the pacific they were they heavily weighed their choices so in a way i think this is reflecting that cuz george lucas if anything is a big fan of history cuz he boils a lot of his a lot a lot of these star star wars and of course obviously indiana jones heavily rely on on history we've already seen yeah and I don't think it's that crazy to think that they would essentially somebody would sabotage on the inside. In fact, during the 
when the Nazis were like in their full power, a lot of the people that were like they would force into working for them would intentionally sabotage guns and tanks on the line. So there was a lot of this actual sabotaging happening in in the real world. Yeah. No, the sabotaging It's just on such a sense. huge scale that it's yeah. a little a little unbelievable, but it's there's a star war happening, so maybe, <laughs> you know, a little suspension of disbelief. But I I appreciated the I mean Mads Mikkelsen always great. Always he's always him. underused unless he's the star. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, yeah, what did you think about the rest of the cast? Was this a, did you connect with anybody in particular? Yeah, I really liked the cast. Um, I, Felicity Jones was really great as uh, Stardust or Jin, Jin Urso. I'm going to continue my theme of like considering the robots to be my spirit animals, droids, I guess, suppose. Uh, K2 was incredible. Alan Tudyk, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, he my favorite, my favorite overperforms character. every role he's given, <laughs> and he's the life of this movie for me. Yeah. Like he, they, I could see that they were trying to be like, oh, he's a bit like C three PO in a sass, um, but they like made him different enough. Um, he still doesn't hold a candle, but like I, I really like. He was definitely uh, maybe top, one of my top characters. I agree with that. Yeah. Oh, and um. The guy who plays Krennic. Oh, um, the, the bad guy. Uh, <laughs> oh, Ben Mendelsohn. I yes. love Ben Mendelsohn, by the way. He's a good actor. and He, he was great villain. in this. Yeah. Yeah, there's always an issue with it. If you don't have a good villain, it, like the movie will never hold up. And he definitely plays the part of an imperial villain well. Yes. Because mm-hmm. it's not about being physically strong or anything. It's just about being dirty and shady and smart. Yeah. I liked him. I liked how he was like this. He's driven by this kind of like sense of personal vendetta and like anger and irritation, ambition. Um, And it was just, I thought it was performed very well. And we get Forrest Whitaker as Saul Guerrero. That was what I was going to ask. I was going to say, what did you think of Saul Guerrero? I kind of wish there was a little more Saw Gerrera. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, can I, can I tell you, um, I am not a Saw Gerrera fan. You, I don't think you're supposed I, to be. Like, uh, like, like, I, know, I love I, him. Like, I, I just felt like the there, there was more is, to him. It's like, it's a good character, but it's like, I'm not going to be a fan of Saw's. So, not to like this be, this whole episode be about plugging the Clone Wars, but we do <laughs> get the origin story of Saw Gerrera mm-hmm. in that. And I still and don't Rebels. like him. I still don't like him. And I still don't like him. He's, he's I, in I like that well. he's he is in yeah. Rebels. I yes, think the reason is. you don't like him is why I like him because he's you don't you're never sure where he's coming from and you're not sure if you're supposed to like. No, him. I, I think I think I'm on yeah. with Bridget. Why I don't like him is because he's an extremist. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why I don't like it. That, because that, it's like, that is an interesting. He'll say things though. that I'm yes, like, yeah, I'm on board with sure. that. And then he'll do something that I'm like, bro, you need to chill out. <laughs> We also get Riz Ahmed as uh, as yes. Brody. I love Riz. I was yes. going to mention like one that. of my favorite actors. He was great. We, yeah. we also get Donnie Yen as oh, Chidra Emily. Yeah, also so one of my way, favorites. His, yes, although his character was not supposed to be blind originally, and he essentially was like, "You got to give me something with this character, something more interesting." So he pitched <laughs> him being blind, and it totally makes the character way more fun. So much more fun. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I think that yeah, Donnie Yen is probably one of my favorite parts of Rogue One. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like, 
it's just I remember when I first saw this film I saw it way after it came out and I was not on the Rogue One bandwagon and this movie changed me man like I oh. said it gape my jaw was a gape when this movie finished <laughs> <laughs> I mean oh I, I still wanted to talk about uh about uh about Donnie and his character because uh, he's a sure. he's a heavily force sensitive uh character which is already intriguing to me that he's force sensitive but not a Jedi and not a Sith yeah. so right yeah, away Yeah I was kind of wondering about boom, that. You got you, I was wondering like how he was so effective. So yeah um he's force sensitive so he he's he can tap into the force which is why you find him doing the I am one with the force the force is one with me stuff but also uh, he doesn't have a lightsaber. He has the staff, which is cool. Um, mm-hmm. But he's also carrying around basically what is the equivalent of a, a, a Japanese longbow called the Yumi. And that's what he uses as like a blaster. And when they're on the uh, Imperial planet trying to get Galen Urso, he just looks off like, well, he's not looking, but he just has his uh, arm off in the distance and he just lets it go and he destroys a TIE fighter. How is that not cool? That no, was I mean, cool, and I think is, that yeah. that helps clear it up for me because I was just like, I don't, I, I mean, I believe that, um, like, <laughs> I believe that like blind people are obviously like extremely effective in society, and a lot of times, you might meet someone and never know that they're blind or visually impaired because of how like how well adapted they are to society. But in this, I was just sort of like, now we're pushing it a little bit in this. <laughs> film when he shot the thing out of the sky but knowing that he that this is like a force thing kind of helps like, yeah explain. Was, he he has all the he could if he was trained properly he would be, could be a jedi yeah. but he just never got the training so he's force sensitive without any of the actual like jedi skills for that reason and i, I love that touch of that character because it's like what happens when the jedi order falls well there's still people who have these force abilities but if you never had a teacher like he just kind of figured it out on his own and i, I think that's just such it Everything about this movie is what I want to watch in Star Wars. Like, yeah. I don't care about the Skywalkers, man. Like, show me all the other cool people that have to live in this universe. And, like, that's why this one for me, like Bridget was saying, like, I was like, finally they made the film that I want to see. And, honestly, it's like taking yeah. a – like, you touched it, Emily. You're like, it's a World War II drama, like, um, spy drama movie set in the Star Wars universe. And I'm like, that's what I want them to do all the time is push the – Use, push the genres. Marvel does it now, which I'm happy about. Like we all know the setting, we all know the world, and I want to see different storytelling with, within it. And that's why this one really affected me. And I'll get into even more why. But it's Emily's turn for blind spotting. <laughs> so, have we really dug in on a favorite scene or moment? I'm gonna go with um, when we meet Chira and um, his buddy. <laughs> like that fight scene where he takes out. Um, all the uh, all the imperial people um, with with stick using stick, yeah. <laughs> and then um, that was very that was like just really cool. And then um, at the end, like K two shows up and just does the sassy robot thing. He throws. He's just like he just grabs a grenade and tosses it, and was like, "Oh, oh my god, a grenade!" But he's like, "Please." I'm a strategic. I'm an expert in strategic analysis. Like I was prepared. Well, not only that, but he throws out the whole. Yeah, leave me on the ship. That makes sense. <laughs> like just figured out sarcasm. <laughs> I love it. I love droid sarcasm. Not as good as well, Obi Wan sarcasm, didn't ask... though. It, that's true. That's true. We, we didn't even ask though. We listed all those characters, but you didn't identify if you had a favorite one. 
Oh man. Um, a favorite. I mean, maybe it is K two. Maybe it is. Chirrut. No, it's probably K two. I'm with you. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. That. I'm with you. I'm heavily with you on this one. I yeah. He's got an interesting like design too for an imperial droid. A reprogrammed imperial droid that that sassy as a malfunction of his reprogramming. Come on, how how great is that? And I I love that like whenever he's um, there's a lot of times when he's trying to like cover for them by like lying and pretending to be an imperial droid. He's so bad at it. It's like painful. It reminds bad. me it reminds me of me when I'm trying to lie in D and D. I was gonna say when when you're trying to like charm things in D and D, it's heavily. I'm like, wow, this is cert. <laughs> <laughs> to the point where I'm like, did Emily really see this beforehand and just not tell us? And she based her D and D character slightly off of K two. <laughs> it's very possible. But I, that's a good that's a good pick for a favorite character. And that moment that you talked about with with uh, Chirrut, well, you know, fighting these stormtroopers off with a stick is absolutely fantastic. Yeah, yeah, because that was really his introduction. Like you didn't, you when we just get to meet him at first, and then you get to see him act like total badass. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, I would have I would have agreed with you that that was my favorite like scene from the movie. Had the very last scene not happen. The Darth Vader hallway scene. Oh my god. By far uh, is just awesome. You know that was done on a reshoot. Chilling. Yes, it was. Yeah. I was like I was kind of missing lightsabers too, so that helped. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was thinking how there weren't enough lightsabers. <laughs> I need more lightsabers. That's my so, favorite Christopher Walken impression. <clears throat> talk about what you liked. What didn't you like? Why didn't Borgullet have any effect on Rizamet? <laughs> I know it's a petty detail. Oh, I'm all about petty details. But, but I mean that like thing that the mind thing that Yeah, yeah, Sagra is just like Borgullet and everyone's like, "Oh no, oh crap, like that's a bad thing." And then it's like this really scary moment where he's getting tentacled and then they see him later and they're like, "Oh, he's all like messed up." And then like 5 minutes later they're like, "You're you're a pilot, right?" And he's like, "What?" Oh yeah, I'm a pilot, and he's fine. <laughs> Maybe it was just temporary. I forget. It would have yeah, been interesting if, like, that had been a that had affected him throughout the entire movie. I thought it did a little bit, though. I thought that's one of the reasons he was so like kind of weird. It would like make the. I I just felt like it wasn't enough, he and was, I wanted them to drive home this whole extremist thing. Okay, we saw. you you you're, you're saying for what happened, he was way too competent, especially yes. towards <laughs> the end of the movie, for what was set up. Yes, that was the, that was a petty detail I didn't like. <laughs> that's, that, that's, I actually don't think that's a petty detail. Thank no, you. That's, that's stuff I get annoyed at in movies. Um, and then the other big thing, which I think probably all of us are going to have had a problem with, what's going on with Tarkin? <laughs> oh, with his weird uh, the deep fake. The deep fake. He's wet Tarkin. and scaly yeah. at the same time. Now, correct me <laughs> as a friend wrong. described him. Correct me if I'm wrong. Wasn't Rogue One the first? This they were the first film to do this, mm-hmm. right? Okay. Yeah. Yes. And Leia was in this one too, right? Yeah. That was also bad touch. They, it they was not as bad. Her. 
It just but, recast, man. I remember well, just getting so frustrated. Like you couldn't find an actor that looked somewhat similar, and it just has the outfit. Well, I mean, or the hair. It's so annoying. Supposedly, wasn't that her daughter that was playing her? And then she just had her fake... daughter play the character. Yeah, she's I awesome. One hundred percent agree with great you. Great actor. <laughs> yeah, but they had her say I mean, like one a... recycled word from the old movies. Hope. <laughs> it literally like the it's to me it. it it's so off-putting that it pulls you out of the movie. And those are that would be my critique. Like, I love this film, but those moments, I'm, like, annoyed at. I'm like, why? Just why? That made me sad because Tarkin is a good character. And, like, yeah, I miss the guy, too, who, who portrayed him and is presumably dead now, which is why they had to replace him. Oh, he's been dead for decades. Yeah. Right. But I, I was just like, man... Um, this is really awkward. Like, it wouldn't be so bad, I guess, if this was an animated film, like a really realistic animated film. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but everyone else is so blindingly real by comparison. Um, yeah, and imagine seeing that on the, on the theater on a huge screen. You're like, oh, oh. God. <laughs> it was just it's annoying See, to me. I agree. I think I, it's, I wish they would stop this trend. Yeah. I, I think it worked for Leia because it was such a short piece that you could have, you can kind of, kind of excuse it but for Tarkin there was so much lifting that he had to do in in his scenes that he was in that it just it wasn't working yeah I would say that I would say so too I just want to give a shout out though to the director so um what is it Gareth Edwards has anybody seen the uh the Godzilla movie he did I've seen all the guys. I think I've talked ones. on this podcast about it. It's like my, it's so good. He also did the movie Monsters. Wait, which Godzilla which one did he do? Which is a wonderful little indie film. He did the reboot of Godzilla in 2014 that got him this uh, That's Star the Wars best movie. one. It is so good. So like, good. I'm not kidding you. Like it, it, The last time I watched it, I was like blown away by how, I, I can't believe nobody talks about it because it's a really great. And go see his 2010 Monsters movie that is like an indie film he shot and did all the effects for on his laptop. And it is so good. Like it to this day, one of my favorite monster movies because the monsters are almost never seen except anyway. So anyway, go explore his filmography because this guy is a talented director. Yeah, um, Emilia, press, pressing forward on this. Um, <laughs> besides the the whole uh, Bodhi, um, you know, not not walking away with uh, more brain damage. Um, were there any other confusing elements in this to you? I don't know about confusing, but <clears throat> I kind of felt like there was like such a colorful cast of characters that then all died. <laughs> yeah, um, it's one of the reasons I love it. And I don't mind that they all died, but their deaths weren't like they had they didn't have that much time to like go that in depth on anyone. So when they died, I was just like, oh, so <laughs> it goes. <laughs> well, um, so I was like, I was a little bit like, I feel like I should be more connected to these, especially our our hero and mm-hmm. the other guy. Well, yeah, I will yeah, say, Andor. Yes. Um, we are probably gonna get. We're no, we're not probably. We're getting more we're of him in a streaming service, a streaming service uh, movie or show coming out this on Disney Plus this this fall. Oh, it's right? gonna star that guy. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And that that trailer looks good. Like that Andor trailer made me really excited because I feel like they're they're leaning towards the Rogue One yes. storytelling, which is on our Twitter page, and you should watch it. Well, I hope they do him justice more because I don't know that I felt like he was that well handled in this movie. Like I I like the moments that 
of conflict that he had with um, with Jin, and they, that they came to an understanding, and that that felt like powerful. But I just like didn't quite get enough out of him. I don't know. I was just like not. I was not super uh, into invested in his character. Okay, that's fair. That's actually that's actually a fair assessment of of yeah. I, <laughs> that's that's a good button up there. I I agree with it's you. It's like. Well, see this this movie was like uh better written. <laughs> this is this is the first movie that's really outside of this of Skywalker, right? This this mm-hmm. is the one where it's like up until the very end and there's very loosely any Darth Vader in this. But th- like they really took the Skywalkers out of the picture and they mm-hmm. went into a different section of this universe that honestly is very interesting. But mm-hmm. um because of all that, like does that make you more excited for more content that's like this, like Andor that's coming out, like um, The Mandalorian? I mean, we did watch Boba Fett. Um, so. There's also Solo, although that's not that's Han Solo, but it's not um, the Skywalkers. Yeah. Are, are you more interested? Do you feel like you're more invested in, in, in this kind of stuff, or would you, do you want to get back to the Skywalkers? Um, I think that there's like, parts uh, like i don't it's yeah i do feel like the skywalker story has pretty much like wrapped up like i kind of know as much as i need to know um but i'm looking forward to like the sequels actually because uh one i feel like there's a lot of there's like a lot of pop culture stuff that i I, you know i'm gonna understand but (laughs) also that it's like a whole i mean it's a new story right Mm-hmm. And um Let's go with it, Norm. Yep. 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 Okay. And <laughs> so it's mostly I'm like, a new story. More sure. excited for that. Like I would maybe watch The Mandalorian. Um But like especially since they like talk about like they have Luke in it too. I just don't know that that, that it is that interesting to me. I'm I'm not particularly looking forward to solo a Han story because it's just like don't really I like don't really like Han Solo that much, uh, uh, even if it's not going to be Harrison Ford playing him, which I didn't realize for long. Because again, I thought these movies yeah. were way older. Yeah, but but hey, I mean, I mean, uh, Daenerys is in uh, a solo film, and so is Woody Harrelson, who, uh, by the way, I think is absolutely fantastic in everything he does. Like and Paul under- Bettany, Vision. Hmm, oh yeah, okay. Paul Bettany is in this, isn't and that? Amelia Clark. I just, I said, yeah, Daenerys oh, is in it. Did I miss that? Sorry, <laughs> I Sorry. blanked on on her first name mostly because it's uh, Emilia Clark, I believe, right? Yeah, <laughs> yes, that's actually her name. That's how you pronounce it. <laughs> I, I I know we do this, and every time you tell me that it, it's it's tough. Um, rating this one out of five, and then we'll, uh, we'll get your ranking. How many Death Stars out of five? Yeah, this one gets four Death Stars. Uh, cause it was, it's like, it's a good movie. It's well written. It's pretty tight. Um, I'm just like, I don't love war movies, mm. um, but it's like, it's good. I can recognize that. Okay. So okay. now that you've given us your, your star rating, your death star rating, um, what's your ranking? Where would you put this on, on this, on the, uh, this is tough. Cause I don't remember what my, <laughs> other, what my ranking of all the other star Wars movies are. I have a written down in my other desk <laughs> off the top of your head and you can change your mind 
I feel weird putting it with the other Star Wars movies because it feels like a different animal. Mm-hmm. So it feels weird to like rank it somewhere. Because um, all of my all the variables don't match up. Right. I mean, you can just you can just well, tell I remember us. You said two, you went you went two, like Empire Strikes Back. Um, then you put like so one of the prequels, like five something four. You you can just tell us which movie it falls between for for this. There you go. I think it's probably above all the prequels, but I think it's below Empire Strikes Back. Just be, even though I think it might actually be a better movie than any of the Star Wars movies, as a Star Wars movie, <laughs> you are like really channeling my my feelings towards this movie because trying to take away my my love and childhood out of the picture. I think this would be my favorite Star Wars film. I really do. Agreed. But because I can't quite do that, I'm still going to put Empire above it. But this is pro- this is definitely second. It probably should be first though. It it really should, to but me, the original Star Wars and this one are like neck and neck. Yeah, it's 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 so hard to take my childhood out of it. But I I, <laughs> I agree with your ranking and that it is hard because it's not fair. It's really not fair. It's a very different mm-hmm. type of film. That's why I think it's closer to the original one because it is a war movie and the original one's like Star War. And, and so, BB, where, where would you put this one? I feel like Rogue One for me, it's like all the prequels and then like Rogue One. Fair. So I well, just, Rogue know, One's beneath the know. prequels for you. Yeah. Okay. Just like nothing... Nothing can top the prequels for me, guys. I, actually, okay. actually, no. That's okay. Uh, no, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, like, the reason that Rogue One, like, ranks higher is just because I, like, not, not it's not always the case, because I like different movies for different reasons, but, like, w- one big reason that I, I like movies that, like, take themselves seriously, like, serious movies <laughs> is largely character uh things that like Mm -hmm. have good characters have interesting motivations that are a little bit more complex um and this because it's set within the star wars universe i really liked having our protagonist be Jin because her motivations are not as simple as rebel or empire which i'm not saying that that like makes up everyone in the original trilogy or the prequels but like there's a lot more there like she doesn't start out uh, where she ends and mm. she's not like a blindly devout follower of the Jedi order or of the empire or anyone. She like, she has a, a kind of like a more complex backstory that where she gets somewhere. Wow. I I am actually now really curious for her to jump ahead to the last Jedi. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're going to hit those soon. Yeah. Soon enough. Um, I'll say for me, the reason this movie also weighs so high in my esteem is because of, we talked about this context. So when I saw this movie, it had just been released. I was by myself in Portland for the first time. My wife was traveling for work, and I, it was Christmas. So I went on Christmas Day, and I'm Jewish, and this is a, a tradition in my culture, is on Christmas Day you go to the movies. So <laughs> I went by myself on Christmas Day when this opened, and I ate a bunch of gummies, <laughs> and then I literally was like, blown out of the water and i didn't know they all died like i didn't know going in so by the end of it i'm like oh my god are they gonna kill all the are they gonna kill all the and they did it they killed everybody so i like left the theater went and got chinese food 
by myself as, as is tradition and <laughs> as is tradition in the Jewish faith and it literally I was just I couldn't I was my buddy James this works for the Lucas way. films <laughs> yeah my buddy exactly this is the way my buddy James works for Lucas films and I sent him like a paragraph long text just gushing over how much I love that movie so it just hit me in the right time in the right experience and honestly that is a huge reason what makes us like or dislike movies is the context in which we watch mm-hmm. it. so that's why this one will always be beloved for me um and, you know, then some of the cracks show at times, like like we mentioned in this, some of the little things. But it's a tight movie. It is. I really liked it. And I can revisit this one because it's kind of a one-off. Like, you don't have to watch three movies back-to-back to, back to experience it. You just can put it on and watch it. Definitely. Yeah. Well, I'll have to get back to – I'll have to find my list of of movie rankings mm-hmm. for this – for Star Wars. And then, and then I can give a final – maybe I'll put it on Twitter. There we go. And uh, speaking of rankings, uh, in the coming weeks, we have got a couple of rank shows ahead of us, ranking the Marvel films, for example, which becomes a greater and greater task with every passing year. <laughs> every passing week, it almost seems like, geez. Yeah, this is a big year for, for Marvel. <laughs> so stay tuned for that. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. We hope you enjoyed the show. And if you did, please share it with a friend. Uh, also, make sure to rate and subscribe. The Verse which can be found wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Also, be sure to follow us on Twitter at TheVerseCast to keep up with all of our news about cinematic universes and, of course, news about the pod. And until next time, you can find me, Bridget Brogan, on Twitter and Instagram at BridgetBrogan16. And if you want to follow me, Norm Felker, you can follow me on Twitter at random underscore white guy. And if you want to follow me, you can follow me at Luconia Logic on Instagram and on Twitter. And if you want to follow me, you can follow me on Twitter at Emilia U. And you can always follow follow our producer, Stephen Prusikowski, because <laughs> he is always looking for followers. Like I'm pretty sure that man would like to have a cult following. Like it's it's kind of weird. Um he can be found on Letterboxd and Twitter at, at FilmSnork. All right, now listen here. That statement is pure rubbish. Phil Snork, your producer, he ain't out there looking for followers. He's out there orbiting the universe um, looking for new content for you, your motley crew. Cronsworth? Oh, no. KW? Well, golly, golly. Cronsworth, that's a name I ain't heard in quite a while. It's an honor just to be named in the same sentence as that hero. But, hell no, of course, me ain't Cronsworth. May God bless his metallic, bloody soul. Crikey. Well, I reckon, say, he was killed by someone known as the Spoiler Storm. Crikey. Crikey. If I could ever get my hands on him, I'd teach him a lesson or two. Probably not worth the time, I guess. Based on what I'm hearing on your podcast, that bloke's made a real reputation for himself. Exactly. A reputation of being a complete jet. Hey! All right, all right. Hold on to your britches. We'll start wrapping things up. Since the demise of Cronsworth, everybody's favorite robot companion, God rest his bloody soul, this year's show has been running a bit long, and I'm here to help with that. Oh, and to clean your chimney. Chip chimney, chip chimney, chip 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 room. I don't live on a spaceship. <laughs> What's happening? I do. I... Uh, someone got into the space. All right. And not other singing and dancing. <laughs> Let's move on and play your music. Then you all can record your post-credit Oliver Loom. Oh my God, all right. We need to end this episode and send it right into the World Wide Web.
Me ain't got no idea what that is, but it sure does sound brilliant. Jeez. I mean, I guess, like, we'll chim chim shrew out of here. I haven't even seen this movie. Anyway, there's that. There's our music. So we might as well get off onto our next cinematic universal journey. Thanks for listening. Keep sending in those questions and comments, and we'll see you next time in The Verse. Now, begging your pardon and all, what's the name of this show again? Oh, come on, man. The Verse is presented by ScreenRadar.com and produced by Steven Kuzakowski. Well, golly, that show was a lot of fun. These four blokes sure seem like good sports. The cream of the crop, the tip of the top, if you know what I'm saying. And the best part is... <laughs> they don't even suspect a thing. <laughs>